30 more years of this podcast and I'll get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 37. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris News. Hey guys! Kyle Maddox. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there! And Mark Wahlberg. Hello! Today we're reviewing season four, episode five of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which if you don't know, was a 1990s slash 2000s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories. They defied explanation, but some of them were based on real events and others were totally fake. In our show, we try to figure out which are fact and which are fiction, and we'd love you guys to play along with us. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. We'll summarize the stories, make our own predictions, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. Guys. What? Yeah. What's his name? What's going on? Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Beyond Belief. He hosts the show. Narrator Barry. season four. Barry something. Manilow. It's Campbell something. Campbell James. Okay, the problem is Campbell Lane. He's doing a fine job. Don LaFontaine, the father of all voiceover, as we know. I mean, it's Don LaFontaine. It's hard to compare. Don LaFontaine uh, was the narrator of seasons one, two, and three. I want to give you guys just a quick A-B test here of what the narrator sounds like in season three and then season four. And I want you guys to just kind of react and, and, and give me your own thoughts, you know, just to let the listeners know. Maybe some people are listening that they don't know uh, the difference. So here we go. Beyond belief, fact or fiction. Deep. Okay. So there's oh my so God. What was your, what, what's your initial. Uh, Terrible. Like, Guttural. Great. Guttural. Ooh, ghostly. Kyle said terrible. Yeah. Uh, just got to balance things. Devil's advocate here. <laughs> Very travel channel-y. Like movie phone-ish. Huh? He is the guy. He's the Cla- famous. It's classic. He's the guy that's like in a world. You know, yeah, he's that guy. Exactly. You know, so, okay. Now this is. Um, Once upon a time. This is the other guy, Campbell Lane. Beyond belief. Fact or fiction. Kind of sleepy. Yeah, it's a little sleepy, but it's a, it's just a different take. Beyond, he's going for Beyond a more um, fact, belief. little creepy. It's not as fact like jump scare. It's more uh, drawn out suspense. I don't know if I'd call the other one jump scare. Yeah, okay, right. let's let's listen to another line. Hosted by Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hosted by Jonathan Frakes. Hosted by Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, he sounds like he sounds like he'd be awesome at narrating like an audiobook. Hosted yeah. by Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> or like a children's book. Like yeah. it reminds me of like a Father Christmas kind of character. Or like maybe like um like a nature documentary. Oh yeah. As you could see, the buffalo are in the water. <laughs> and you wouldn't want Don LaFontaine narrating your... As like, you can see, in the buffalo are in the water. Hence, water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the new narrative? Campbell Lane. So what if Campbell Lane and uh, James Brolin did the same season? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. I mean, we're, we're looking at the outliers and we're like picking on them. Um, Hell yeah, we James are. Brolin and Campbell, but they're part of the show man they're part of the no, show they that are, we like they are you you have a point we 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 josh and we poke and, and we, they and, definitely 
I think he's doing a good job. I think it's a little different take. And, it is a different uh, take. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's listen to we one more. The grass, remember, guys, the grass is always greener in your the other guy's lawn. lawn. Yeah, that's true. Tonight, your challenge is to separate what is true from what is false. Five stories, some real, some fake. Here we go. Tonight, your challenge is to separate what is true from what is false. Five stories, some real, some fake. Okay, that was a better. That was read. good. I like that. That that part was not. It half was, of it was good. <laughs> when he said some fake, real? when he said some fake, fake, it was good. Yeah, when he's like some real, some fake. Yeah, he put he put intrigued. like a evil. I just don't like change. <laughs> Well, I like enough. what I'm used to. And Tiffany, we're replacing you. Oh, but I, well, I won't like be it. here to experience the change, so okay, fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know the drill. We're going to dive into our stories today. Story number one is called House of Shadows. Oh, weird. You're not going to believe this? I'm watching TV and the show just changed to some guy mixing something with a shovel in this little dark room. No, I, I didn't touch anything. What is up with this TV? Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Whoa! Jesus. Okay. Sweet that was... Moses. That's Chris? Chris? Boogie. I didn't hear any uh, excitement Oh, wait, Chris is the Campbell Lane of the segment. thought it was great. I thought it was great. This story was one of the best beyond beliefs. It was really, I really, I, I agree. For me. I liked it. Remind me what happened. Oh, sure. Should I do this in the Campbell Lane or the... No. I think you should, the I think you should just do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> we, that would be helpful. We have a house sitter. Um, she's, I think, in her teens or 20s. Um, and the person who lives at the house is in Europe right now. And it's like a mansion. So she's there. She's calling a friend. She's like, come on, come on over. But there's a thunderstorm outside and the friend doesn't really come over. So she's kind of bored. She's watching TV. And then all of a sudden it switches to like home video of a man like filling a hole in a basement, like filling it with cement. And it's really creepy and eerie. And she's like, that's weird. She changes the channel and then it changes back to that. She unplugs the TV and then she starts hearing that sound coming from the basement. So she goes downstairs and then she finds the basement, same basement from the video. She finds a video camera that was on that was playing the sound that she just heard. But now she also hears another sound, which is like scratching coming from this like weird fireplace chute. And she opens it up and there's a woman inside with like a gash on her head. And she's like, please help me. My husband tried to bury me alive. And they, and they, they reveal that the woman was suspecting the husband was going to kill her. So right. she's the one that set up the camera in the basement. Yeah. So is it possible that somehow this video footage that was in the basement um, started playing on this woman's uh, TV and then led to her salvation, basically? Um, wow, though. Whoa. When Creepy. That, when that, uh, it, it honestly, beyond belief, rarely kind of has twists and turns that legitimately are twists and turns. But I feel like in this one, I was like, oh, the guy's down there right now. Oh, yeah, that's what I, I thought it was a live feed. Yeah, I thought it was a live feed, a supernatural I thought he was like feed. periscoping this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, what I don't get is she set up this recorder and it was filming it, but it was showing the most boring part of him burying her alive. Which is also kind of the creepiest part, <laughs> like too. Like him just mixing cement in a wheelbarrow. Why didn't actually? Sh why didn't actually flip to the part? If it's magically doing this. 
No, I don't think it's magically doing this. I think it's actually a camera that she set up to film him. And then all she caught on camera was him mixing cement. Because you're not going to set up a camera and magically get the most exciting moment of what your husband's doing. I don't know. Maybe. Like, (laughs) it is back then where she, it's not like a security cam. I think that's taking footage constantly. She's just like, like it's like like an eight hour tape or whatever it is. She had to run down there and be like, all right, I think he's going to capture me and bury me pretty soon. Let me hit the record button. And then she just caught it too. And I have six hours of recording. Hopefully well, it depends on going. if you're in SP or LP mode. Because if you switch to LP, then you have the eight hours. Oh, okay. So, okay. Eight hours, yeah. Um, Colonel? Guys, yeah, Colonel, what do you guys think? Is it possible? I feel like there are so many tropes in this, and it definitely felt kind of like the, the Did you not generic. like it as much as I did? No, I, th- I mean, no, I thought it was definitely really creepy, but I think I liked it so much because okay. it was like you're watching kind of a, a, a standard horror movie. And um, I think that the, the feed and everything worked really well, but I'm just kind of... It makes me, makes me wonder about the... The, the truth in it the, and the truthiness truthiness yeah. if you will a girl was house sitting or at someone's house and oddly enough noticed something that sort of gave away a crime that the homeowner it was a part like of the homeowner went to europe forever though that's what so, i was wondering I why would you get a house sitter if you just murdered someone downstairs i mean yeah the chances Ooh, of her going into the it's basement unraveling it's unraveling but like think about it it's like if i just murdered someone in my house i wouldn't be like hey stranger would you come and like house it i'm really worried about someone walking in it's like no like i wouldn't want anyone near my house because they is, could stumble on something this is what we like to call when we're doing the analysis we call it a critical hit we never never call mm. it that did he um <laughs> Was part of the story that he went to Europe with his wife? I thought it was something. He went to Europe and it was something with his wife. Like whether the whole story was that she told oh, people that yeah. she was already there Smart. and he was going to meet her or something. But I thought that so, they said something about the so wife get, in the beginning. Get the house sitter as part of an alibi. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, me and my wife went to Europe. We hired a house sitter. We were planning to come back. Well, but then, then make sure your wife the, is dead. But then what's the plan <laughs> well, after that, though? You're out of the country. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I guess he hit her on the head and buried her alive because he didn't. He couldn't actually go through with killing her himself. I know. Well, hey, like, he's a good guy. Hi, Tiffany. He didn't murder anybody. He was just <laughs> trying to build her a spare room, you know. Just stop. That she just like, stop. We always need to build that extension to the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did it. Well, let's go ahead on to predictions. Chris, fact or fiction? My first instinct was fiction. I'm going fiction. Mark? The way she hooked up the camera could have been like messed up and was playing on the Mark, TV. Mark, can I sway you? Please. This is a story where someone on the writing staff had like a daughter that house sat and she was talking about how creepy her experience was and he was like oh this is the perfect story fiction whoa wade uh i'm gonna go next yeah i think that why would someone bury someone alive (laughs) you're getting into a whole other realm of questions and concerns yeah it's just it's crazy i'm gonna go fiction on this one tiffany yeah i just felt very writery to me fiction kyle i think it's really believable that somebody was house sitting and came across some sort of covered up crime. I'm going to go fact. All right. We've all made our predictions, but we like to make one more prediction. The prediction of random chance. I'm going to flip a coin. Heads is fact. Tails is fiction. And we just like to see if the coin can outpredict us by the end. Let's find out. All right. The coin is going to predict fiction for story number one. And we are going to move on to story number two, which is called... One hand in the till. I always felt so guilty about the money my parents had to spend to put me through college, especially since they had so little for themselves. Then I saw it, just laying there. 
Why would a gun be alongside the road like that? So out of context, if I just said to you guys, how many dramas have taken place in these tight little boxes? Four. So Chris's instinct is four. But what I was actually going to ask is, what am I talking about? My, 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 no, 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 no. At least my answer was coherent. Boxes. It could be a TV screen box. It could be a coffin. It could be an elevator. Wow. I like I like all of those. Thank you. He's talking about a phone booth. Yeah, no, but oh, right. my ideas are better. I forgot where you were going. Me too. I really actually just I completely forgot. No clue. I don't know how many <laughs> dramas have taken place in them, but uh, I am going to summarize this story. It's called One Hand in the Till. Basically, a college student's car breaks down, and it's going to cost $400 to get it repaired. He doesn't have the money, but he tells the mechanic, hey, listen, repair it. I'll get the money. So he calls his dad to get the money, and he wants to have it wired to him. But he doesn't really have a great relationship with his dad, so he ends up actually not asking him. Later, he's sitting on a park bench, like down the street, waiting for his car to get repaired. And he looks down, and he sees a handgun just sitting on the ground. So he picks it up, and then some compulsion comes over him, and he's like, I don't know why, but I decided to rob a convenience store. He pulls out the gun, points it at the convenience store owner, and the owner turns around, and it's his dad? Um, but that's impossible because his dad was just on the phone 500 miles away. So he freaks out, runs outside and he's so shaken by this. He calls his dad later and, you know, is like, Hey dad, just wanted to, you know, check in again. And the dad goes, you know, son, I I need to ask if you're okay. Because I had a dream last night that you had a gun and robbed a convenience store. And the son is so freaked out by this moment So he ends up getting the $400 from his dad and his dad ends up saving him more than he ever could have thought. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that somehow a son um, saw his dad in the convenience store to a degree that freaked him out? I thought at that moment, totally believable. Mm -hmm. He's freaking out. He's paranoid, PTSD, whatever's going on in his head. You can think you see someone and that can freak you out. But then with the dad having the dream of the same moment. So many dreams in this this episode. episode. So many dreams. That is what made it hard for me to think. What do you think about this one, Chris? Oh, honestly, I think think these dreams are all coming from Campbell Lane's head as he well, he's writing <laughs> the stories too. Uh, <laughs> and falls. That's why they hired him. Asleep. And then, yeah, he has these premonitions. There's so many things. There's the gun that that compels this kid to commit did, a robbery. I know what you're saying. It did seem like there was more to it right. than just yeah, like... Yeah, there's three weird things. Then there's the dad sighting, right? When he's 5,000 miles away or something. And that is mm-hmm. what? A re- that is very similar to that other story. The screwdriver the story. The screwdriver uh-huh. story, which was what? Fact. It was fiction. Well, I think it was fiction. fiction. I think it was fiction. I thought it was fact. We got an astral projection thing going wow. on. Right. And then you had the dad premonition dream thing. It's, I, think, it's, I think there's it's, too many weird it's things. It's fiction on top of fiction on top of fiction which, i rest my case which means that it's fact probably yeah. no my case your honor and that's why i think we thought it was a possessed gun story it felt like a leap for him to be like oh i can't ask my dad well i found a handgun so i guess even though Might i'm total well rob this place. i've never held a gun but the next thing i should do is rob a bank just so i can get the 400 dollars to pay for my car but it's like you're in the same town you don't think they're going to connect a kid going in to rob us and also you could just pawn the gun 
gone to a pawn shop and got money for it. I don't know. I mean, I'm just poking holes in it, and which doesn't help in terms of fact or fiction. I do like the idea that this story is um, symbolic of the battle between good and evil, which is the devil lays the gun down to tempt the kid. Mm. And then God or whatever is the one that like manifests the dad in the convenience store. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but there's these forces that are at play here because like, why is the gun there? Could it be there is no gun? But maybe he's going to do something and his dad has... There's got to be a gun. (laughs) There's got to be a gun. I mean, what what if it's a a kid who is... Um, you know, he, he's having, he's on rough times. He calls his dad. His dad can tell he's on rough times. You know, when you talk to your loved ones, you can sort of hear it in their voice. And his dad's like, Hey, don't do anything crazy. Don't rob a store or anything. You probably need some rob money. I'll, I'll give <laughs> you some money. Don't go, don't go crazy. Um, and then the kid's like, you know what? My dad was right. He knew it before I even had to tell him. He sent me some money. And that's basically the same story. (laughs) Don't kill your neighbors. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to fact or fiction predictions. Tiffany, first up. I didn't really like this story. Fiction. (laughs) After what Kyle just said, you're going to just say fiction? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Nice (laughs) way, Chris. So I'll go next. This story is basically at the core. Did a kid try to rob a store and then his dad had a vision of him robbing that store? I'm feeling fact on this one. I don't know, guys. Chris, what do you think? It it just feels too too off to me. I'm going to say fiction. Mark. Yeah, maybe there was something, and in trying to make it more entertaining, it got a little messy. But I'm going to go fact. Kyle. I totally think that. I think there's a very believable, well, uh, often told story about a loved one helping you in a situation, and they up the ante by making a gun materialize to up the stakes. This is fact. All right, we've all made our predictions. The coin will make its prediction. Coin's predicting fiction, and we are going to move on to story number three, which is called Teasdale's Motor Car. And it's probably fact. Well, what? Morning, Mr. Garaldi. So how do you like the fence, huh? Hey, Murray, there's a dent in the door. You did it. You hit my car when you put the fence in. No, no, no. I didn't touch your car, sir. I swear. Yeah, sure. Dents don't just appear. I don't see a dent. Well, of course there's a dent. Oh, this is crazy. I saw it. There was a dent. Tiffany, how fast do you think you could build a chain link fence around a vehicle? I would say 20, 30 minutes tops. I mean, that's all it took Emery yeah. in this story. <laughs> You're going to give us the yeah. the summary here. What happened? So we follow a Mr. Giraldi. He's very wealthy car enthusiast. And he finally has bought his dream car in 1940s Packard. So he drives it to his, I'm guessing, apartments like parking structure and shows off the car to the attendant Emery and then kind of lays down some ground rules. He's buying the spot next to him so no one can park next to him. And he also wants Emery to build a chain like fence around the two parking spots to make sure nothing happens to this car. Um, He also tells Emery that he bought it after uh, Mrs. Teasdale, whose husband had recently passed. And she kind of promised that she would never sell the car to anyone else. But obviously, Mr. Giraldi made this amazing deal that she couldn't refuse. But pretty much throughout, like we see this montage of Mr. Giraldi keep seeing these dents, these scratches, but then by the time he brings Emery over, claiming that Emery did it, they're miraculously gone. And then one day he shows up and the car is gone. 
he freaks out and then he hears that they found the car at a cemetery. And when he goes to pick it up, he realizes it was left right in front of the grave of Mr. Teasdale. So, and then we find out later that he has given the car back to Mrs. Teasdale at no cost. At no cost of his own. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a man loves his car so much, dies, and then is so petty that he does not allow anyone <laughs> ever to buy the car? And like, here's the thing for me right off the bat. This guy who bought the car is a rich, wealthy guy. Mm-hmm. He is taking such good care of this car if I had loved something that much in my life and I had died, wouldn't you want someone to respect hmm. your possession at that level? See, my kernel of truth for this story is while he loved this car, he also seemed like a pretty horrible person. And Jonathan Frakes Fair even enough. hinted to this. That's like, and he was horrible to Emery. He kept saying that Emery was doing things and Emery was like, you're crazy. I haven't touched this car. And I'm like, I'm really hoping this whole thing was con- like sounds put like together Emery, by Emery. Sounds, like, sounds Emery like Emery it. definitely told this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And portrayed oh, this guy as told a dick. The story to everyone he knew. Every night at the bar, he'd be like, guys, let me tell you about my douche boss. Chris, ghostly rules. Um, do I think that a ghost could drive a car somewhere? <laughs> Probably not. Well, but what about possession? Possession. What of if a- he died and he possessed the car? No, no, no. Like no, no. Christine. No way. What was that? <laughs> oh, I would. You could, I guess, say the milk jug. Beyond Belief story was real, so maybe that possession of that object could mean that this car could be possessed. But I just don't. We've well, do you believe in possession? No, Mr. Ghostly I, Rules. I don't. I don't actually think that there would be a possession of of some inanimate object by the spirit of something. But my problem is that I've been getting um, a lot of low scores in season four so far, and I need to uh, I need to make some bold decisions. And in this one, I think I'm going to go the opposite of what I believe you're just gonna, for funsies. You're going to George Costanza it. He's going to eat this story right out of the trash can. Mm-hmm. Is that what George Costanza does? Yeah, he, he talks about like reaching into the trash. Have you ever reached into a trash can and eaten something out of the a trash eclair? Can? Come on. Uh, the, possess- the more I think about the possession thing in Christine, it, it makes sense because Christine can like physically alter herself, the car. So the scratch and the dent could actually have been there for that guy. And then when the other dude came around, he could have fixed up his car body. Christine wasn't based on a true story or anything. (laughs) That's what what you think. This just sounds like, yeah, like Emery or someone pulled a prank on him. Right? I mean, he's just like a dick. Emery! Like, was the fence even real? He was up to no good. Yeah. More believable. But I think Mike and Bob, they have a thing for like, classic cars and classic bikes like motorcycles we've had so many and they're usually fiction i think well was the jay leno one fact that the was Elvis fiction because they that tricked fiction. us with the that jay leno true. thing that was titus all right well we're ready we'll no. move on to predictions guys okay first up kyle factor fiction um this one's uh just kind of hokey to me i don't believe it i'm going fiction chris i'm going to say that my gut was fiction but i have to go fact just because I need a goddamn hundred. <laughs> Fact. Mark. Jesse, you had a great argument, but I think even if the kernel's very lame, it is still a kernel. That could be true. So fact. Tiffany. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a kernel that's believable, and I don't think they would have the writers would have made this up. So I'm gonna go fact. You know what? You know what the most unbelievable part of this story is actually? Hmm. The guy's car is left at the gravesite and then it's getting towed. And then this guy's just like, all right. 
He's like so wealthy. He's not even going to like attempt to like pay off the tow truck driver. No, don't I, get too stuck in details. Small details. That nope. seems like such I, a realistic thing that he, would happen. That, yeah. He's that, like, oh, yeah, I have to wait for the impound. Sure. My impression this, of that guy. This went, asshole went is going to wait for the impound and not offer to bribe the tow like, truck driver. That guy seemed like such an asshole to me. And then when he was like, OK, those are the rules. That's how it's going to go. I was like, I don't hate this guy as much as I used to. I don't hate this guy as much as I used to. And it's also inconsistent with the character that's been established. Fiction. All right, guys. Yeah, people Let's, are gray. I think that was established early. Said, did you say people are gray or people are cray? People are gray. And but cray. Also gray. There you go. Let's flip a coin. The coin's prediction is fiction, and we are going to move on to story number four, which is called The Vision. Lyle, I know this is going to sound crazy, but you got to stop us 29 from leaving this morning. <laughs> Why? Isn't it clean enough for you, Jordan? They're all going to die in there. What do you mean they're all going to die in there? Okay, I told you that this was going to sound crazy, but I had a dream last night that Bus 29 had a horrible accident. Bus 29 is a Great Lakes tour. It's a full load, and it will be leaving as scheduled at exactly 10.30 a.m. I can't let that happen, Lyle. Who said this during the episode? The writers just saw speed. Oh, that was me. Yeah. It definitely feels like someone saw speed and they were like, oh, uh, throw a bus in here and let's, uh, you know, drum up some. But this episode starts fast. Mm -hmm. The music comes in hot. Kyle? Jordan Hicks works at a bus station and uh, he has a dream that bus 29 is going to be driving over a bridge and the bridge is going to collapse and everybody on board is going to die. So... He runs in and he starts telling everybody that works there, no, you can't, you can't let the bus go, you can't let the bus go. They obviously all think he's crazy. He stopped, the buses are driving out of the lot and he jumps in front of it, stops it. The bus driver gets out. He tells the bus driver about his dream and the bus driver says, you're right, I can't drive this bus. And they don't. And so they're all yelling at each other and everything. And 15 minutes later, news comes in that the bridge indeed collapsed. And if Jordan hadn't stopped the bus... Bus 29 would have went down in that accident and everybody would have died. And he asked the bus driver, why did you believe me? Nobody else believed me. And the bus driver says, uh, I had the same dream last night. Absolutely. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that two people had a dream about a bridge collapsing and then it did? And because of their dream, they were able to circumvent disaster for those people i love the idea that two people had the same dream and i voted uh fiction on the last dream story that we had earlier today so i'm kind of leaning towards fact on this one well i feel like these sort of things are the stories that you kind of hear all the time that do tend like to be i'll say like true and like air quotes you know because if someone has like a bad feeling or the church story yeah like it's like those coincidence based things where it's like a bad feeling or maybe the dream wasn't as specific as it was depicted yeah it's a crazy coincidence but it is still just a a crazy coincidence we've had this so many times and i know jesse always mentions it it's like how many times do you have a dream about something and it doesn't come true yeah and then the one time it does you're like, oh, that's the one you remember, and you forget the other ones. Um, How many of these type of stories do you think exist for like a disaster like 9-11? I think tons. Tons. I think there are people that, you know, we, we've already heard about like, I missed my flight or I didn't get on my flight. Not a, not a vision or anything, but just like, that's the first level, total mm-hmm. luck. And then there's the second level where it's like, I had a bad feeling, nothing concrete, but it's like, I didn't get on. And then there's the third level, which is like, I actively knew that this exact thing was going to happen. And then there's a fourth level, which is uh, reactive, where you miss a bus and then something bad happens and he goes, oh, I I knew that. 
Yeah, that's, and the fifth yeah. level where you get on the bus <laughs> and you die. Oh, yeah, don't go to level five. Does anyone think that Dennis Hopper was involved in this bridge collapse? Probably. Mm, it's not I, I think is. there was like a cheap watch involved. This is Scream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Scream. Swam. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As that bus is screaming <laughs> down the highway. Oh, man. We Colonel of Truth? Well, um, yep. we're all feeling like it actually happened. Does anyone feel fiction on this? Yeah, one? someone convinced me not to vote fact. That's <laughs> I mean, the fact that we all think it's it's fact. It's probably it's, fiction. It's too plausible. Yeah, it's too and plausible. And the, the writers easy. could easily... Come up with it. Yeah, come up with this. In but the same way... Writers like to usually trick us, so what's... So why don't we Both all dreams. why don't we all go the other way? So they take a story no. that's no. been true in the past it. a million times, turn it on its head and completely make something I think up. it's like Turns the double dream is supposed to be if anything the main difference oh, or Oh, two people experiencing the, the same yeah. dream. Could we dive in real quick to the moment where the guy's running around the office trying to convince everyone to stop <laughs> oh, yes. the bus from taking off and then he knocks on like the the CEO's door yep. and the door swings open and then the secretary answers and says, Mr. Brigsby's really busy. Like he can't come to the door right now. And he's like, like it's really important. Very pretty girl. Yeah, super attractive <laughs> like blonde stereotypical girl. blonde secretary. Yeah, secretary. And then the door swings wider open and his hair is like messed Disheveled. up. His tie's on. His tie's a jar. Oh, yeah, like why tie. even include that? Like why do we need a weird sexual assault subplot? It's really supply? sick if you ask like, me. It's really <laughs> Chris, sick. Chris, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris did say out loud when it was revealed, he goes, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got a story. Just play it again and again. <laughs> uh, okay. I think that that part is fact. I think <laughs> the story is fiction. That certainly has happened. Unfortunately. All right, Mark, fact or fiction? Oh. Ooh. Do you not see this coming? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a dream about it last yeah. night, so he had no idea we were going to get to this Let point. Let me look at my results previously. Fact. Chris. Yeah, I mean, no one convinced me. So I'm going to say fact. <laughs> go opposite. Go opposite. Like making us feel like we did something wrong. Like, yeah. We you failed. should feel guilty I, that no, you didn't convince me. No, it doesn't work. That this was fiction. Sorry. It doesn't work that way. All right, guys. It seems like everyone's in the zeitgeist for fact. So I am going to go fact as well because I have nothing better to, uh, to guess. Tiffany. Fact. Kyle. Fact. All right, guys. We've all predicted. Let's flip a coin. And he lost the coin. But it landed on the floor, heads up, which means the coin is going to predict fact as well. And we are going to move on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called The Grave. Yeah, we haven't had like four of those already. Eric, I think he knows. What? Doesn't have any proof? Get his inheritance? Forget the whole thing. <sighs> and what was that whole thing about the grass not growing on Gordon's grave until the truth comes out? What did that mean? Just calm down, Suzanne. Old Gordo took his gardening too seriously. He's dead. There's nothing he can do. What happens in this one again? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Grass. grass. We Aww. don't get to watch grass grow. That's what happens in this one. Next time he's going to say, this paint will never dry. <laughs> I liked when we started this one. Was it Kyle said, is this the same cemetery as the car? <laughs> yeah, it looked like episode. It, it looked as if like the end of the guy with the car, it just panned to the right. <laughs> and on the other side of the cemetery street was this happening. I think we should tag this as part of the Beyond Belief cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shared cinematic universe. All right, Chris, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened? Yeah, I can't wait to get to the grass part of the story. So 
It starts. <laughs> yes, me. He's already been to the grass part. <laughs> so it starts with a guy who passed away, and the guy's business partner and wife ended up framing him for embezzling a lot of money from the company that they worked for. And the guy ends up from the grave getting back at his wife and business partner by not allowing grass to grow on his graveyard to torment her into having a guilt trip that resulted in her trying everything to get grass to grow and apologizing in the uh, in the cemetery for their transgressions. And uh, while they were there one night doing this apology, a bulldozer came to life and uh, ran them over and Snowmobile. they died. <laughs> yeah. it, it was unclear what it was. Mr. Tisdale's car. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely didn't uh, come to life and run them over, but it scared them back and they tripped into uh, an open grave or something like mm, that. Fuck off. I don't know if that was true, but either way, <laughs> the grass started growing <laughs> the grass after started growing. they were dead. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a ghost from beyond just basically seeks vengeance uh, through uh, the use of guilt to make these people, um, and, uh, you know, confess, confess, but like confess to the grave and not anyone really. No, this is such yeah. a classic story. We've seen it over and over again. Mm. Well, see, okay. Chris, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I really want to know from you. Does the ghost have the power to not let grass grow to keep it dead? To prevent these rich soil from growing. Maybe ghosts could use some kind of energy to stop grass from growing, sure. But the <laughs> idea that the rest of this is true, and then it took over some kind would of... certainly not be a miracle grow. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh I just can't... Campbell? Anymore. Okay, here's my, my problem with this story. So they confess, and they apologize, and then they're killed... So and again, they're only they're only confessing to, to the, grave. the grave. They don't go to they, the police. Then they die. So how does the story come out? Does evidence finally come out? Ooh, critical hit! <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make critical hit you, happen, you guys Jesse. Use this all the time. It's not going to happen. It never it never holds water. I know. Like, I would also who told say, the woman with the eye story. I know. I would also say though, this is so weird. Wait, wait, what story? You mean the red you know eyes? that one where the woman had eyes? Yeah, I've, I've never seen an episode <laughs> where eyes. a woman has eyes in this show. Red eyes. So. What? What do you? Say like grass will not grow in my grave until, until the truth comes out. Until the truth comes out. Who says How that? How would he know that? How well, he- no, no, no. Here's what's happening, guys. When you're dying, you get a sense that you're gonna get one wish, right? Like, oh, you're sure. like if, of you know, in, what? There, this happens. I haven't died. I don't know how. I know exactly. Just okay. wait. You'll you'll find out soon. I'm listening. Um, Very soon. This has happened in Beyond Belief. The episode where the people were uh, plastered to the wall. That episode, the woman dies and she goes you won't make it out of my apartment alive. It's like there's this dying kind of wish situation, and maybe it's clearly not real, but this is a trope that happens all the time. My problem with it wasn't that they made the wish, but that the dad was like making such a fucking lame wish. Like why- It's very strange. Why would you not have the wish of like, your guilt will force you to confess to the police? Or your crops won't grow on your farm. When you retire later from all the money you made from my company. And buy a farm. (laughs) Yeah. You, one day you'll you'll have a milk jug and it'll be possessed. Oh my god! Season two, episode four. You know, I think wow. there's just so there's. I'm so, an encyclopedia beyond belief. <laughs> that's bullshit. There's just because <laughs> that's shit. obviously Kyle. The idea that okay, let's say that on his deathbed, the guy told his son, "Listen, the grass won't grow on my grave 
after I'm dead until this is all figured out. Why would this woman care so much? Oh, my God. About such a silly thing. Yeah. She was like, the grass isn't growing. It was guilt. I wanted to be, I wanted the husband to call it out and being like, you it's know, not really he, anything, Susan, He kind of did. He's like, why do you care so much? About the grass? Yeah. He said that? Yeah. Oh, well, I wanted him to call it out two times. <laughs> what, did, what, what was her response? Uh, it, it should be there. <laughs> That's fair. That it should. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead on to predictions. Mark, fact or fiction? Yeah. No, this was uh, a total fiction. Kyle. Fabricated fiction. All right. I'm going to go. You know what, though? This story is super simple, and there are a lot of leaps that have been made by the writers to fill in the gaps. So I'm going to go fact on this one. Chris. Um, no. Fiction. <laughs> Tiffany. You almost swayed me, Jesse, but I'm still going to go fiction. That's okay, guys. I'll be the lone fact, and you will all feel silly. <laughs> the coin is voting fact, and in a moment, we're going to find out which stories were fact and which were fiction. Stay with us. Hey guys, so we're in the studio right now and we are continuing down our path to set up a night of Ouija. Bad idea. Oh, Chris, Chris I've been telling you this oh. for weeks. Mm. Who's the negative Nancy? Oh, Chris. Oh, <laughs> At least he's consistent. He's consistent, but mm-hmm. you know, Chris's concerns are, you know, strong. I was going to say valid, but then I switched to strong. <laughs> Not valid yet. Yeah, we'll, but... we'll find out. I mean, we had a listener call in last week. And tell us a story about her kind of experience with spirits. And it was very interesting, but it didn't really scare us away. So we're going to continue down the path for We're now. a little more cautious. A little more cautious. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we really wanted to do is, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if I was going to go skydiving uh, alone for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, a skydiving instructor would say, don't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And if sure. I was like, well, sure, that's good advice. Um, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do it anyway. I would still hope that they would give me some tips and tricks. <laughs> Got right? it. So we decided to reach out to um, someone who it had does have expertise in this field, and that is Ian Sneed, who's joining us in the studio. Ian, welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me here. Absolutely. We are very excited to have you on. And you know, I should this is a, look a little bit of a disclaimer. We do a lot of comedy bits on this show. This is not one of them. <laughs> no. Oh, right. We should preface that. Uh-huh. What you're about to hear is not a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be some jokes here and there, but this is a legitimate uh, segment that we wanted to bring uh, to you guys, but also, uh, you know, learn ourselves. Like, what if we decide to go down this path, like, what are the do's and don'ts and and kind of dive into it? But just to set the stage, what one of the things that I think was really interesting that Chris told me when Chris reached out to you was... Um, you were very interested in doing it, more than happy to come, and said you only have one request. There can't be a Ouija board in the building when you're here. That's right. Yep. Can you explain a little bit why you feel that way? Yeah, uh, for various reasons. The first one being that what people don't recognize, they, they look at the Ouija board as a game, as a piece of cardboard with ink on it. What they don't realize is the energetic element behind that is that board is a portal. And on the other side of that portal are different entities that want to go through that portal to get to this dimension. A lot of times those entities are not higher dimensional beings. They are lower dimensional beings. And you do not want to mess with them. 
So whether the the portal is being used or not, the fact that you have it there means that something or yeah, something can get through. And when you are working constantly on spiritual development, positive vibes, trying to help people, you become a target. So if you guys had a Ouija board in the building, I would be more of a target for a lower vibrational being because you've tapped into that stream or whatever that's you right. would call it and then they're like oh he's more connected it's like they can kind of in a, in a sense see you easier they'll see me as a challenge and because of that they'll go after me harder than they will anyone else do you feel like uh, like you said it's just a board with writing on it but it doesn't have to be that board with a with like letters on it it could be something written on a wall with letters on it right any way that you can communicate if your intention is to start conversations with beings outside of the physical realm uh that becomes a what you call it portal it, right. it becomes a vessel to interact and it's kind of a shit show once you you know you have no choice as to what who you're going to interact with or what you're going to interact with oh yeah it's it's totally a gamble and the thing about it is if people are saying, I'm going to budget this, I'm going to bootstrap it and make my own board, that's a lot more dangerous than just buying one. Why is Be that? Because they're actually putting their energy into it. So they're creating a portal with their own energy, which means if a, any kind of entity or being that is, let's say, malicious in nature, decides, sees that portal and decides to come through, they are immediately connected to the person that created it. So we should that make our board. <laughs> no, Mark, are you listening? Sorry, sorry. Uh, that, that is actually terrifying. Yeah, that's that's very yeah. terrifying. And it also uh, spells a lot of doom for the people at Hasbro. Uh, I, I was thinking. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's poor, the crazy part. The Hasbro curse? is a company that makes these. A toy company. Yeah, it's a toy, toy company. company. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at this point they have machines that make it. Oh, so it's right, probably that's true. not. Ooh, as... the machinery is haunted. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Have you heard of any stories specifically? with people who have used Ouija boards or or in, you've either heard from directly or know about that have not been the best experiences? Yeah, actually. So my family on my mom's side, they all grew up in Guatemala back in like the 60s. And the area they grew up in, there was a lot of poverty, but they were still like, you know, teenage kids that wanted to know, does so-and-so like me? And they thought, well, let's make one of these boards and let's try it. So they made a board and there were things like, after somebody played one of those games, they were walking home and out of the shadows, someone was throwing rocks at, at that person. And I thought, okay, someone's following me, trying to mess with me. But the, the rocks were coming from all around them. So it literally would have to have been a group of people who were dead silent as they walked, throwing rocks. And the faster that person was walking away, like back home, the more the rocks were thrown. I was going to say, um, your advice would be for the do's and don'ts of Ouija, uh, do not do it. <laughs> Don't do it. That's right. Right? Like, that's, that right. That's, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. You can, you can quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's say we take your advice, um, you know, which we're going to obviously continue down this road. And, and Chris has already dropped out. Um, other people may or may not. But if we decide to do it, like the skydiving analogy I used earlier, are there things that we should or could do that would ensure a uh, positive or a, uh, a slightly better? Yeah, or safe, better. safer, or safe. Yeah, like, like a, a like slightly safer. So, in a nutshell, 
if you do stuff to protect yourself, you're going to fail and it working at uh, any point. So you're saying the only good that can come of this is if you try to do it and it, nothing it, happens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That is my stance 100%. That's fascinating. I mean, I don't know if I, I, what Mark, Tiffany, what are you thinking? Like in this moment, you're hearing. I mean, obviously, that you know, you've been kind of open to the idea of doing it, but like, does does this kind of change in any way your thoughts? I think what Chris is asking is, do you want to be walking down a dark alley and have rocks thrown at you? That's basically. <laughs> well, I do have a question. Um, so let's say we do it. Something happens. The whatever it is. It's not the nicest. Is it something, because I've always been confused and I only know what pop culture has taught me about like hauntings or spirits or entities, whatever. Is it tied to a place? Is it tied to a person? Can it be both? Like what? She's what saying this be, because she's into? planning on doing it in an apartment that she's moving out of very shortly yeah. after. <laughs> so is she safe? Yeah. yeah I, like I, I, it would I, just stay there because I don't like my building managers and like... I, mean, I don't think you're taking this seriously. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna it's do weird, this just but like to this, get him mad. I, yeah. Guys, I am actually being 100% She's serious. always been a little... She's like right no, behind I, Chris. I'm the kind of person I'm going to tell you to take risks. I'm always the kind of person like if you're not taking risks in life, you're not living. In this situation, this isn't a risk. This is straight up like you're playing a losing bet that you know you're going to lose and you're putting all of your life savings down. That's what this is. So to answer your question... If something came through that was, let's say, not nice, and it was, you wanted to get rid of it, there there are ways to get rid of it, but you don't know the strength of the entity coming through. So... Let me ask you this. <laughs> I get, yeah. if, you could see, if you could see his face right now, he's just slowly like... Putting his hands up and backing away from the microphone. It's just going to be you in the end, Jesse, I doing know. this by yourself. I was gonna, mm. So let me ask you this. If there's a part of, of you that is scared and showing weakness, does that change anything? Yeah. So fear also has its own energetic vibration. And it is kind of like, let's call it energetic food for these beings. At the same time, confidence and knowing that you are, let's say, like me as a sage, right? My The celestial frequency that I have that also becomes a challenge. So you're either scared and you're feeding them or you're not scared and you become a challenge for them. And then if you don't believe, then you're also a challenge because they're like, well, let's see how quickly I can get them to believe. Mm. So it sounds like if we decide to go through with this, we want to believe, but not too much, have confidence a little less than a lot, <laughs> and then but not be scared either. It's and then a we fine should be line, like, yeah, really. we should thread that needle and be okay. I think we're fine. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> Guys, maybe let's just nix this and all go skydiving together. Is that another possibility? So you, just, you just like or? that because I brought Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go tandem. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for coming on and scaring us all to death. Um, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we can say mission accomplished there. Uh, you can find Ian on social media. Uh, I think you're real Ian Sneed on yeah. Instagram and Twitter, and you have a website as well. Yeah, my website iansneed.com. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. And is that um, the best place for people to reach you? Is your social? Yeah, honestly, Instagram and Twitter are the best way to reach me. And then you can also follow me on Facebook, and all those social media handles are real Ian Sneed. And then Sneed is two E's, not E A. <laughs> I have a quick question before we let you go. Um, what besides like having things thrown at you? What I want to get an idea of what kind of like negative stuff could happen to someone if they were affected by some kind of being from you know? Is there, are we talking about like bodily possession? Or are we talking about like 
you know, you're starting to see things that, you know, in the shadows, like what kind of things, examples do you know of what could happen? So I'm kind of being told not to go into too much detail about that. Oh, okay. Death. Yeah. Could be the worst that comes from that. That's pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. So that's. And, and, and not like, not like a, oh, we're playing. Oops, I died. Like a suffering like exorcism that doesn't work kind of death okay well, yeah let's it's not, not we won't go into it no no i don't, I don't need details thanks chris I'm fine yeah. thanks. like when you asked me that question i got a sinking feeling in my stomach great and and they're like stop let's stop talking about yeah. that great mm-hmm. i would love to stop talking about that all right with yeah. that we can wrap it up thanks uh ian again for joining us uh in the studio and uh yeah let's uh let's see how we all feel in a week Mm-hmm. which stories were fact and which were fiction first up first story this one is called house of shadows this is the one about the wife that was buried alive and she was discovered in the basement by someone house sitting why were they house sitting who's to say now as a recap kyle you think this actually happened chris mark tiffany and myself we think it's fiction guys Oh, shit. I'm alone on this one? Don't worry about it. It happens to the best of us. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this story really happened? You're right. Our research shows a similar incident happened around the Oregon-California state line in the early 80s. Oh, in fact. If they had told me yeah. that that it was in Oregon, Oregon and California, yeah, California on the state, state line, line, I would have... In the 80s. In the 80s, I would have said fact for oh, sure. Absolutely. Shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> Which right. one was that again? I am feeling good, guys. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling like we should go into story number two, which is called One Hand in the Till. Now, this is the one about the kid who saw his dad as the convenience store owner and decided not to rob the place and then had a weird, uh, his dad had a dream about it as well. As a recap, Mark and Kyle, you think this actually happened? I agree. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Tiffany, Chris, you think it's fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. This strange story has to be fake, right? Wrong. It's fact. A similar story happened to a young man in the Pacific Northwest about 20 years ago. Everything's from Oregon. Fact. This is the Oregon episode. Last week, everything was from Florida. Or you know, how many did. weeks ago that was? I don't know. It was a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was a few weeks ago. Mark, you, your sense of time is crazy. <laughs> Guys, I got to write these notes down, okay? <laughs> Once we finish this season, it's research time. All right, we're going to move on to story number three. Tiffany gave us a recap on this one. Teasdale's Modica. This is the one about the completely unbelievable storyline about how a man could erect a chain link fence in a matter of hours. <laughs> now, as a recap, Chris, Mark, and Tiffany, you think that this chain link fence went up? Kyle? Me? We? Think it never happened. Let's find out what the truth is. Is this story based on a real happening? Not this time. We made it up. Fiction. Well, well, well. I'm getting a little nervous here. I'm getting a little nervous. A little nervous. I could go to pizza. How how are you doing? (laughs) I got a zero percent so far. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm still going for my standard two out of five, though. Yeah, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Wow. Oh, my God. I hope we all get two out of five this episode. Um, Moving on to the next story, story number four, The Vision. Uh, This is the one about the two people who had the same vision of a bridge collapsing and 
because of that, they were able to prevent a busload of people dying. But I have to say, everyone thinks this is fact. Let's find out what the truth is. This strange story of a double premonition seems to be a work of fiction, right? That's exactly what it is. This story never happened. Dick move. Fiction. I am so nervous. Are you going to get a zero? Am I going to get a zero before I get a hundred? I might get a zero. You haven't gotten a zero yet? Wait, you've never gotten a zero? No! Wow. You're like a double anomaly. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming down the pike. Now, Chris, if you get a zero, that means I will get the next story correct. This is the one about the embezzlement uh, that framed the husband... And then the people confessed at the grave and fell backwards into it. Now, I think it's fact. Everyone else thinks it's fiction. (laughs) Oh, please, just give me this one. (laughs) Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this was real? If you did, we got you. This one's fake. Fiction. Okay, I have to tell you, I've never been happier to get 20%. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) You didn't get a zero. No. Did anyone <laughs> only get one story correct? Me! Me. Tiffany and Chris. I'm so happy. I'm relieved, honestly. Did anyone only get two stories correct? Yes, sir. You did? Yeah, I'm sorry. So did I. <laughs> Why is season four so we tricky? Are crippled. They got better. We cannot let this continue. Kyle. Yeah. What'd you do? I got four out of five. Wow. Oh, oh my Kyle. Congratulations. Tiffany did not clap. I am clapping right now. Thanks. Very much a, Kyle, that's very not much a, a delay. Did not I a do. She was kind of shocked that we started clapping and she was like, why would we I just, this? I feel like right. I've gotten four out of five and I remember getting a standing ovation. No one was standing. It hasn't happened for a long time. So my memory right. could be a little hazy. Fiction. Um, <laughs> and the coin today tied with Chris. One right. And me. <laughs> nice. Oh, and Tiffany too. Very nice for the coin. Uh, what'd you guys think of this bundle of episodes? I, you know, when when we finished watching it, uh, I said this was a horrible episode of Beyond Belief, and you were right for the very first story. <laughs> the rest really sucked, and I still think that's the case. I yeah. am biased because I did so poorly, but I there were some. <laughs> I'm the same, but because I did so well, I think it you was a liked great it. Episode. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Yeah, some of these stories were, uh, you know what? I don't want to dwell on the past. Let's just move on next week. And uh, I'll Chris see- never wants to talk poorly of the show. No, I'll. I mean, I'll, yeah. Let, let's just glorify next I week. I mean, show. let's be honest with what we're saying here. Even at its worst, it's, it's still great. fun to watch. Oh, yeah. But these stories in particular weren't super compelling. I think we can admit Shut that. the front door. Kyle, just because you did good. <laughs> um, well, I loved Every Thank you all for listening this week. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond, beyond belief. belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are used strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send feedback, questions, or share your own story that is beyond belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com, as well as find show notes and links to us on social media like Instagram, Beyond Belief Pod. Thanks for listening. And uh, Twitter at Beyond Belief Pod. But also on Instagram because there's it's a more visual of a medium, technically, so. It's true. <laughs> Thought you were going to fight one more. But go to Twitter as well. 
We have Facebook. <laughs> Who, who said who said this during the episode? Uh, the right. Oh, fuck. I don't know who said that. I think it was bleeped out. <laughs> Probably Jesse. <laughs> oh.